Welcome to a special episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Join Sean, David, and their special guest, Jay Bartlett, as they talk about the Book of Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, and all things Star Wars. Set your phasers to stun and grab some blue milk, because the Scene on Screen podcast starts now. Blue milk obtained, phasers set to stun. Got my dark saber in my pocket, and we're ready to rock. Welcome to the Scene On Screen Podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm here with David and our very special guest, Jay Bartlett. Jay, how you doing? Good evening, gentlemen. It's uh, a pleasure to be here again. It's been a while, but uh, I'm here. I'm ready to talk Star Wars. Excellent. So the first episode of Star Trek, that's where we're <laughs> oh, really no. getting into okay. today. <laughs> that's, some, that's some fighting words there. <laughs> Someone you know, at home it's is funny. Like, I, I've just... kind of... I've kind of warmed up to Star Trek over the years. I was, you know, a little bit more immature 20 years ago. And it was like, nope, you can't like both. It's like Beatles and Elvis, right? You can only pick one. But now I appreciate at least the movie. I really like the movies, like the the original crew movies. But yeah, I know. enjoyed the the Star Trek movies. Actually, I, I watched The Next Generation. If I had watched Star Trek, I would always choose TNG. Yeah, it's weird. The... um. You guys are in the states, right? You guys are in the states. Uh, Serious? No, no, no. We're in, we're in Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got you got to uh, you got to understand. I do like a million of these things. So, yeah. <laughs> so maybe edit that part out. But I don't. I don't remember where anyone's from. Cut that. Cut that. Cut my, that. <laughs> no, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> my point being, and uh, no offense, obviously to you guys, my point is that. Um, when the original show just came out uh, on to Canada, I think it was last year, I started watching it, and I would watch like one episode a day. And some are really well done, and others are just embarrassing. Um, but you know, I can't slam it. It's it's you know pioneer of its time, and it's paved the road for lots of this stuff. So, yeah, if it wasn't for Star Trek, we wouldn't have modern day cell phones. So, <laughs> exactly, it's true. Yeah. Um. But we're going to talk about Star Wars now. <laughs> That's why we've been hyping this episode for a while. I know that a lot of our listeners have been really excited. We've been uh, getting a ton of questions coming in. People just want to know our opinions on various different aspects of Star Wars and the Book of Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and all that. But uh, first, we're going we're gonna to dive right into the Book of Boba Fett. And I know that it is... I don't know. Is this a, this isn't like the best topic for everyone, right? Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah. This episode will be filled with spoilers. I, I, I'm sure you understand that because you've, you've actively listened to our podcast, but we will let you know if you don't want to hear spoilers for the book of Boba Fett, you probably should have watched it already. If not, we're sorry, but yeah, yes. no sympathy. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is a very, this one has the fan base divided and it's, it's not necessarily all bad, but there are some people who absolutely adore this, this series. And there's some people who adored three episodes of the series. Um, Jay, because David and I have talked about it openly with our listeners. Um, what's your thoughts just of the, the series in general? Oh man. Um, I, I didn't, think it was particularly good or interesting um i've never seen in my entire life 
and I've watched a lot of TV and film. I've never seen another TV show hijack a TV show and kind of take <laughs> over. Yeah, that's so true. It's almost like, you know, they were looking at, you know, episode one, two, maybe even three, uh, you know, as they were going along writing this thing. And they're like, yeah, this isn't very good. We got to do something. Oh, I know. Let's bring in the other Boba Fett looking guy to kind of save the day. It really yeah. feels like that to me because nothing about it made sense. And I don't know if this is some kind of new TV thing. I know they're trying to do the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe with Star Wars, which is fine. But um, episode five was completely about Din. It had nothing to do with Boba Fett. Even when Boba Fett recruits the Mandalorian, it's not even him. It's uh, Fennec Sean, right? So... <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen a, you know, and you could tell which ones Favreau and Fellini had their hands on and the ones that Rodriguez had their hands on because they were night and day. I don't Didn't like this um, guest director stuff. We've seen what happens in the sequel trilogy when they when they do that. I think they should just hand the reins to Favreau and F- F- Dave Fellini, Filoni, whatever you want to... I was supposed to pronounce his Fellini. I can't listen. I call him Dave Fellini in my Cad Bane video, and I got crucified for it. So, it sorry. Is, Filoni. Or it's Filoni? I whatever thought it was Fellini. It is, Anyways, D- Filoni. Dave, the apprentice of George. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, uh, you know, besides the obvious stuff we'll get into, uh, the first four episodes were very flat. They were very boring. And it reminded me of like if you were in college and you were taking your for, your first uh, film course and you were going to do a Star Wars fan film. It reminded me of that. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, it's like uh, I think what one of the biggest issues with the book of Boba Fett is the pacing. And it was all over the place. And you kind of touched on the different directors and there is a huge difference in pace of the episodes based off who's directing it. Um, and the the, the first big banger was, um, Bryce Dallas Howard, wasn't it? Like that was episode five. And then six was Filoni. If I remember correctly. But even, even then though, they, they did the story, right? Like the, the scripts were made and all this stuff. And, And this is the thing though. The director can only do so much in a film or a TV show, right? Like they have the script and they can direct the actors and they can direct the action and the camera angles and all that stuff. But fundamentally the story is already there. Right. And what, and, and can you explain to me what the story is? Because I still don't understand what well, the story is in this well, show. That's, Sleeping the, that's, Boba the Fett dreaming. that's the thing is I don't think they had a story to begin with. I think they filmed that the that end credit scene or whatever at the end of Mandalorian season two, where Boba Fett goes in and takes over Jabba's th- throne, right? And that probably came from the idea is like, oh, we have to do something with this character, or we announced that we're going to do a, a show based off of Boba Fett. So how are we going to start that? And so they started with this one scene that everyone thought was super cool, and really, you know I, what, they could have. You didn't I like didn't that? think it was cool. No. Well, for the most part, like, the, but the the initial reaction from the the fan base, from what I saw online, you know, was like, "This is oh, okay, cool, right?" But they could have left it at that. 
But you they, see, there's a difference between this is just my opinion. There's a difference between telling a good story and being drunk on member berries and nostalgia. Mm-hmm. So a post credit scene after seeing Luke Skywalker in the Return of the Jedi kind of time frame, give or take, yep. you're already hammered off nostalgia. You're drunk off member berries, and now you see the stairways leading to downstairs to Jabba's throne room and you see Boba Fett again. So everyone is just like, Oh my God, this is the greatest thing over ever. And -hmm. he kills Bib Fortuna who I guess survived the barge. How we'll we'll never know. Um, (laughs) And it's just like, it never sat well with me. Even the title of the show didn't sit well with me. It was just like, okay, I can understand how Bib Fortuna would take up the throne. Sure. I guess. But why does Boba Fett want it? I still don't understand why Boba Fett mm-hmm. wants to take over a hut's palace. Yeah. A, like huts, huts are like, it's like the Godfather. It's generations that you pass down, you pass down. And even if Jabba didn't have an heir, it wouldn't be the, the, the bounty hunter. It just. Yeah. It's, and it's, and the first trailer, right from the bat, the, right off the bat, like the first trailer that we saw, you know, the, the headline saying, I, I plan on ruling with respect. No, fuck that. <laughs> you literally took over a crime lord's palace and you want everyone to love and respect each other. So you have two contradicting stories, not you, mm-hmm. um, the writers, where yeah. we're supposed to have this story of, you know, a survivor. He survived the Sarlacc pit and he was left for dead. He was taken in and he was raised by this tribe for five years. Yes, five years. We don't know that. I had to research that because they don't articulate it well at all. Well, no, so you're they did. To feel it, was for... just in the tu- it was just in the Tuscan Raiders uh, growls and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. With no subtitles. It was no like subtitles. The holiday special. Yeah. Oh, my God. But they um, tell you in like episode six, they're like, oh, you were there for five years. Well, thanks for telling us that three episodes ago. But I just actually say that it's it's a if they did, I missed it. And if they say it the way you did, um, it's it's a throwaway line. And for us to feel something for this tribe, which I didn't. And for him transforming into this new. okay, I don't want to be a hunter anymore. You know, I've learned respect and all this stuff. Okay, so you learn that, but then you contradict yourself by getting upset that in the first episode that nobody pays tribute. So you start this war by going to the mayor's office and mm-hmm. you basically start this war yourself saying, you know, all of a sudden I'm back. Now I'm going to rule Moss Espar, whatever the hell city it is. It just it doesn't make sense. So it's like he doesn't want to be a bounty hunter anymore. But then you keep seeing flashbacks of him as a boy running over to the window to slave one taking off on Camino that mm-hmm. they kind of just abandoned. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? There's they didn't, two, two they didn't, stories. It's like they, they don't go with either. They just kind of leave both flat. Okay, I'll stop talking. Go. They could have totally done a story leading into you know, his life after Camino if they wanted to and, and, and show the exploits of the bounty hunter Boba Fett, not this fun-loving, cuddly teddy bear who learned to love okay. his neighbor <laughs> if they the wanted to. The thing is... I, the thing is they can't drop 
here here's my story. Here's what I would have done. They they can't drop the image of Boba Fett. It's too important, and more importantly to Disney, it makes too much money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is what I thought would have been cool. Cobb Vanth kept the Boba Fett armor. He picked up that mantle and he ruled with he ruled his town with respect and he was kind of feared because he had the Boba Fett armor. And that image we saw of Boba Fett on the horizon in the Tuscan Raider outfit, that's just what he became, and he became like this nomad. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to seen that story. And, and Boba Fett just kind of was like, you know what? That armor is part of my past. I don't want to be that guy anymore. And Cobb Vanth was the person. Or even if Fennec Sean was the person who wanted to rule and Boba Fett was at her side, I would have I would have been all in for that. But the fact that they turned this character into something that he completely wasn't and they don't follow through on anything. That's the problem, yeah. main problem with the show. Hell, even if they did a story of him struggling to find, you know, whether or not he wants to continue to be a ruthless uh, bounty hunter versus living as a nomad or, or leaving that life behind, that would have been more interesting than the first four episodes of, or three episodes of us listening to him or Tuscan Raiders screaming at him and teaching him how to fight with a staff. You know, the great, the greatest bounty hunter in the galaxy, in the galaxy. He was feared by so many. And this is expanded universe comic books. He was feared. The mm-hmm. sight of that ship and the sight of that armor scared the shit out of everybody. He was the best of the best. And he doesn't know hand to hand combat. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? He's the, well, one and- of the greatest warriors in the galaxy. And it's just ridiculous. You mentioned the uh, Star Wars holiday special. That was where yeah. the first ever appearance of Boba Fett was. Um, yeah. But even in that, he has this uh, energy about him that is this guy is to be feared. Right. Like even in that yeah. <laughs> that horrible, awful movie that, you know, people like George Lucas wishes never was made. Boba Fett in that is still a character to be feared. And they took all of that away from him in this entire series. Like in the course of six episodes, Boba Fett went from a character that I thought was interesting and has a cool story to a sequel trilogy level character. If if you're, you know, if you were a Star Wars fan from way back, if if you were um, around back then, we used to get the Star Wars newsletter, and I remember seeing the first images of the Imperial Shock Trooper, which was Boba Fett, all in white. The suit hadn't been painted, and these right. were the guys that the Jedi were supposed to face in the Clone Wars, the Shock Troopers. Um, obviously, that story was never told, um, but. Boba Fett was designed to stand beside Darth Vader and look cool. In Return of the Jedi, Boba Fett was supposed to stand beside Jabba the Hutt and look cool. That's it, man. Um, they give him a story in the prequels, which I don't really mind. It's it's okay. Um, Django was okay. I mean, it's the same character as far as I'm concerned. The Clone Wars stuff with Boba Fett, it's okay. Um, but he was still an angry kid and he had attitude and he wanted to learn. He wanted to hunt. There's no story arc. So for us as the viewer, there's no satisfaction. We didn't go on this journey with Boba Fett to see why he all of a sudden wants to change. 
and again, he doesn't change. He, he, it, do you know what I mean? It's like my brain hurts right now, even trying to say these words. It's like he wants to change, but at the same time, he still wants to be the godfather. Well, this he, doesn't he make does, sense. He does. He does say that he wants to change, and he does at the end. At the very last line, he says, "Oh, this this le- ruling thing might not be for us." <laughs> he says <laughs> to Fennec, he turns to her, and I quote, "We weren't cut out for this." So what the fuck was the point of what I just watched for seven hours? I know. So so uh, a friend and a friend of mine and I were talking about this, and everything always seems to go back to either The Simpsons or Family Guy. And there's a Family Guy cutaway from years ago where Stephen King is pitching novels. And he's just like, oh, I've got a lamp and it attacks pies and it's a pie ghost. And they're like, okay, here's your money. This is what just happened to all of us. They took a character that had, what, roughly 17 minutes of screen time total over nine movies. And they were like, here's your 15 minutes of fame. Go be a bigger character than what you are. And the mystery of Boba Fett alone was enough to make Boba Fett one of the coolest characters like even if if you had merch, if you had the bobbleheads, you had the Funkos, you had anything Boba Fett. Um, I know you were showing off the Kenner uh, Boba Fett in one of your videos, Jay. That stuff yeah. was cool because Boba Fett wasn't this like main character. He was this side character that was really excellent and cool. And I think for newer Star Wars fans, and I I might be bold saying this, but the equity and the popularity of Boba Fett is actually low. It is not a good thing that Disney did this. Yes, Favreau wrote all these episodes minus episode, I think, six. And him and Fellini and uh, Bryce did three episodes in directing. This is not a good look. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it was something that you, t- you take something that's really cherished to a lot of our childhoods. And they're like, hey, let's reboot this character and make him cool. And then no. you just jumbled it all around. It's the executives at Disney. So what happened was in season two of Mandalorian, Boba Fett came and we all crapped ourselves. And I think he was great. And I think he played the role he needed to play. He was just on screen enough. And he did like he drove him around in Slave One. And know? he was like and the sidekick, fought. right? Like he was. Exactly. And he that's wasn't what the main character. He just helped. That's what he's meant to be. It would be like if mm-hmm. they made a Chewbacca TV show. Hey, Boy, that take that boring. back because I'm pretty sure Disney listens to this. So you well, know, I'm, ju- you just, I'm just you saying. Just... And so <laughs> in my mind, they they saw the success and everyone lose their mind about seeing Boba Fett again. They're like, hey, wait a minute. Instead of sitting down and looking at what made the Mandalorian so great, and that is that he's a totally original character that's not tied to any Skywalker or any Kenobi or anything like that, at least so far. Um, and putting him in new environments. Um, I'm not as big a fan of season two as I am season one, except for the Luke stuff, because I don't think, I don't think we talked about this last time, maybe. I can't remember, but you didn't need Ahsoka. You didn't need Bo-Katan. You didn't need all that stuff. I liked Moff Gideon. He was a new character. He had all these Mm -hmm. great new characters, and it worked. Boba Fett is just, okay, it's so boring. Go back to Tatooine. The whole show is on Tatooine. Why are you in Jabba's palace? Because we like that. Remember Jabba's palace? Why does he need a rancor again? It's just, it's such a completely different story. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the, that dinner scene they shot, like clearly they were all going to betray you, dude. 
I, it just, everything that they put together in the first four episodes, maybe aside from the Tuscan Raider thing, I had very little interest in the series. And um, David and I say this a lot when Marvel or Star Wars drops content on Disney Plus. It's either you desperately have to see it the night it comes out because you're afraid of spoilers. Or you wait on it. Like, I think Hawkeye, I was mm. waiting two or three days to watch the episode. I was waiting till Friday. But all this stuff, like, you have yeah. to watch for the spoilers. But I was getting bored early in the series. Yeah, I, I, I kept th- doing I, I kept doing stuff like, I don't know if you guys did this too, where I'd be sitting on the couch watching it, and I would hit pause, right? I'd hit pause on my PS5, and I would look at how much time was left in the episode. I'm like, okay, well, we still got half an hour. This could still pick up. I did that with every single one, especially the very last episode, because I kept waiting to see who was behind all this. It's not Cad Bane. He's, he's a bounty hunter. He's muscle. It's not him. Who's behind all this? Oh, it's nobody. What? I was so disappointed. I had in my head what I thought was going to happen and who was going to come back and nothing. They just didn't go with anybody. Yeah. My theory is that, well, not, it's not really a theory. This is my feelings for their, for what they did with Boba Fett is they did the same thing to Boba Fett as they did with Han Solo and the solo movie. I agree. And, and they gave a backstory to a character that, and it was already touched on majority of the mystery of the character and the, some, whatever makes people so interested in them is the fact that we don't know their backstory. All we know is kind of what we've seen. And Boba Fett is this character that, yes, like was designed to just stand there and look cool and be menacing and be a, a scary figure, right? Han Solo was a character that was a scoundrel and a smuggler. And all we know knew about him was the stories that he told. But then Disney went and made yeah. these backstories and i think it's backfired now twice on them when they do a backstory of a character and i feel like you'd think that they would learn and hopefully we don't get another backstory series but i think that was the the big issue with this one is that they they have this character that they want to capitalize on and then they didn't really know where to take it they didn't know what to do with the character they, I think Disney is too afraid to create a series or a show, especially in the Star Wars universe, that is not fit for younger audiences. Wow. I would Hold love to there. see. <laughs> so I was having the same conversation. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'll lose the thought if I don't say it now. Uh, the Pam and Tommy show is on Disney+. Plus. And if you haven't seen this thing, it's it's x-rated so i gotta give my hat off to disney for putting that on there i think uh i mean i couldn't even i couldn't even get through 30 minutes of hawkeye without wanting to just throw up i'm like this is boring it's it's safe it's the same crap we've seen i couldn't even get through it right Mm -hmm. so when they put the pam and tommy show on there i'm like okay finally now that show is exploding it's doing really well and it's like, okay, they're not afraid to do this now. So hopefully, also, I will say with that Mandalorian episode too, he cuts cuts the dude in half, walks out that with his true. head. Yeah, that I was mean, badass. That's, a, that's in a good direction. And I, you don't need violence or nudity to make it successful. But what I don't want is boundaries. Don't censor me. 
if the story needs you to sever the head off, then I want to be able to see that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But I, and that other show though, it's probably under the stars banner of Disney plus, right? I, I don't know. I, I just it, know you have I, to have I'm, that to watch. I'm it. pretty sure it is. So, but Star Wars is under the the main umbrella of Disney Plus. So all of the Star Wars gotcha. stuff does show does show up under like kids profiles and and everything. But the thing is, is they need Star Wars to appeal to a wider audience. Right? I, I so, don't think they do. I. I I've looked at a lot of data recently and Star Wars is like the fifth most popular thing on Disney Plus that they own. Like if it's not friggin' Pixar or Marvel, <sighs> it's it's like one-offs and old Disney Vault things. Star Wars has a very specific crowd and they can't draw people in and that's the problem that they're having right now. And then they do these these like Jay hit it with Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye was slow, it was safe. But Hawkeye also dangled this little carrot because everybody thought something to do with Spider-Man was going to happen. And that's why they sat there through six oh, episodes well, of Hawkeye. They also dangled Net- the Netflix heroes, right, by putting Kingpin in there. So it's like, oh, my God, is, you know, Charlie Cox going to show up? Charlie Cox. And this was oh. before, I think, or around the same time that same the third week. Spider-Man movie came out, right? Yeah, it was um, Kingpin so and Daredevil, like, same week. I mean, like, what you know, now... Um, uh, the Netflix Marvel stuff is coming off March 1st. Okay, but all those guys are supposedly reprising their roles. And I mean, John Bernthal, at least, will be Punisher. Charlie Cox will be Daredevil. How the hell are you going to have a John Bernthal Punisher on Disney Plus? Think about it. You're going to censor that? That show is magnificent because Punisher needs to show you that stuff. You need the brutality in that story. Are they going to censor mm-hmm. that and give us some G rated? punisher god i hope not no i, I think daredevil well do you guys know do you guys know much about uh moon knight is that a character that is overly or or known to be he's deliciously like, very violent vi- very he's violent deliciously, so, yeah he's so this will be this will be a good uh indicator of the future of some of these shows Right, because if they release Moon Knight and it's not censored, like, sure we saw in the trailer him beating the crap out of some monster or whatever, but if if the show continues on that way and is not necessarily gruesome but violent to the level that we expect for the character, then I feel like maybe there is some hope for other other characters and other shows. Like, yeah, uh, I know Star Wars Acolyte. That's supposed to come out in the, what, like next year or something like that. Uh, there's not much news about this one. I don't know, Jay, if you know too much about this one, but I'm pretty sure mm. it's supposed to follow kind of like dark side characters and and more of like the villain side of Star Wars. I'm really hopeful that they show actually like bad guys in this and doing bad things. You know, back when Rogue One came out, we saw we saw how Darth Vader could be super brutal, right? But that was just a you know a one minute scene, and from that point on, people have really and people have wanted you know a a, a gritty, violent Star Wars show or movie showing like the actual wars and the battles that. Like we got them in the Clone Wars, but still, like that's not to the level that people are kind of hoping for. Uh, we got a little taste of that with uh, Star uh, Rogue One, 
but we haven't had anything like that since. And Book of Boba Fett was totally an opportunity to show some of that stuff, show that Disney isn't afraid to kind of have a character be a badass and fight and demand that people respect him, not just be like, hey, uh, I now own this palace. Bring me presents. And if you don't, I'm not really going to do anything, but I'm just going to talk to you about it and ask you to bring me stuff, right? They they no, can I'm do so get, much I'm with the get, character, but I'm gonna get mad at you when you <laughs> don't pay tribute to me, and I'll start a war. But at the end of the show, people are just bowing to him in the streets, and he's embarrassed, and he's like, "Oh, I don't want them to mm-hmm. pay tribute." It's so stupid. It's like there was 30 writers, and none of them looked at each other's notes. That's really what it feels like. Mm-hmm. To to and me, I, I, sorry, I, I'm not. I just want to say, like, I'm not. I come across as angry. I'm not angry. I'm I'm passionate about this stuff. And I think if you called the show Star Wars, what was the one title going around? Star Wars Underworld. And you set it six years after Return of the Jedi, like the setting we're in now. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, kind of a Walking Dead structure where you have this big cast, but maybe a few episodes are about Din and Grogu. Maybe a few episodes are about Boba Fett. Maybe a few are about Cobb Vanth. And they come in and out of each other's storylines. Just call it Star Wars Underworld. I'm totally on board with that. But don't call it Boba Fett and and, and give us what we got, you know, because that was not Boba Fett. Can I uh, say my biggest complaint, though, for the entire series of the book of Boba Fett? I did not see him write in a book once or read a book once. Yeah, I still don't know what that means, but there's so <laughs> I don't many. Even know. That's a good point, but there's so many unanswered questions that you know I don't even want to know the answer at this point. I don't care. Like mm-hmm. it's just, uh, I mean, I can honestly say I will never go. I will never watch that again. Um, yeah, I'm, I might watch like some of the Mandalorian episodes again just because they did some really cool things with it. I I think they. Yeah, but they did. That some... wasn't Boba Fett. So I sorry I to cut you off. But <laughs> I, I don't count I that. That was another show hijacking a show and which is true and i think they needed to do that though to to retain interest in the series there's interviews with uh, tamara morrison right and these weren't him hating on anything but there's interviews with tamara and he's like you know he, he begged the directors and the writers he's like i'm saying too much boba wouldn't say all this and they didn't listen to him you know, the the actor who's playing yeah. your, your he's yeah. your lead telling you that the character is saying too much and they don't listen. That tells you everything you need to know about Disney right there. Mm-hmm. And if I heard one more time him walk into a scene lazily, I'm Boba Fett. If you kept your little hat on, you wouldn't have to tell everyone that you're Boba Fett. <laughs> right? Like, because okay. They, why they know that image off? of you. They, they don't know who you are with the helmet off, right? So... I, I agree. And it, it's funny because one of the most unanswered questions from the series is why are there essentially two episodes of Mandalorian in a seven series or a seven episode run? And like none of us can explain it. And obviously the only people who can are really the, the house of mouse and what they could possibly like even fathom as the, the correct reasoning as to why they did it. Fans are desperate for season three. I think that's very clear. The delays with COVID and stuff. Sure. There's that. And and I'm, I'm betting, I'm betting on that season three. Amanda will be so huge 
that they couldn't squeeze it out in the time frame. COVID is COVID, mm-hmm. but Disney is Disney, and they're going to get it done if they need it done. So, so I don't, I don't buy the whole pandemic thing. I think it's going big, and they needed more time. And they're like, "Oh crap! Well, you, you know, we got to keep people paying for Disney Plus. Well, what else do they like? I don't know. They like Boba Fett. It really so feels would, that way. I wouldn't be surprised if the original plan for season three of Mandalorian was. Uh, at least the first episode of that was episode four, I believe it. Believe it is because it was the fifth. Boba one, Fett, yeah. was it fifth? Yeah, no. Yeah, there was not one uh, scene with Fennec Shang or Boba Fett in there. The very last was, scene was the one. With she's Fennec. at the end, yeah, and she's in this the, the starport. Oh yeah, that's right. She's just like, oh yeah. By the way, Boba Fett wants to hire you. He's like, I'll do it for free. Yeah. So like so, that like, entire episode though. No, that wasn't that one. It was. It was five. Because yeah. that was five, but four had. It, that's where he was on the. Um, that's where he had the fight with the dark saber at the beginning, and then that's five. That's, it's five. Five, five and then See, six the is Luke, and then seven oh, is the yeah, season right. failure. Six I mean finale. Yeah, the four <laughs> I, I had think, Grievous though, Chef, and that was right. the only cool thing. That's right. So I wonder if those, even episode five and six, were originally planned to be the beginning of season three of Mandalorian. That's what I be, thought. 100%. It wouldn't be too difficult to add Fennec Shang or Fennec Shan in the uh, the end scene of one of those episodes, right? Yep, I, I totally uh, agree with you um, because it's like, and. and and talk about a missed opportunity to continue that um, discussion where they, they do the wonderful choice in episode six where um, Luke senses that he's attached to essentially his father who's Din. And it's like, okay, here's Yoda's lightsaber. You stay with me. Here's the armor. You go with him. Wouldn't that have been great if we didn't know? And all year long until December, we were, as Star Wars fans, talking about what kind of choice he was going to make. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. And then and then for some reason, he just comes back out of nowhere. It's like, oh, okay. Or two drives yeah. him to the thing. It's like, oh, and okay. I'm dropping I dislike, a kid off at Stalker. <laughs> yeah. I dislike how they, well, and I know post-Return of the Jedi Luke is kind of an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's very stoic and and I'm the master now and I have to teach everyone. But I feel like they did Luke dirty by making him give Grogu that making him do that have that decision. I don't. I no, think well you can't you can't have it both ways, right? I mean he's trying to do at this point in his career, he's trying to follow the Jedi path and rebuild the Jedi. It's only later that he discovers following that straight and narrow path is not good for anybody. Right. But then he's still trying to do the ideals of Yoda and the Jedi order. So it's like, you can't have all these attachments and all these connections and start down this path. Um, And he recognizes his own mistakes when he left Dagobah to go try and save Han and Leia and what that cost him. It almost cost Han his life. um, And it almost cost himself his own life. Right. So Mm -hmm. he's learned from that. I think was I kind of disagree with you just a bit a bit about Luke because in this you see him look to Ahsoka many times like what should I do? So he's still 
you know, looking for that mentor. He's not the the last Jedi Luke, the the dreaded last Jedi Luke, right? He's yeah. not that yeah, that's yet. Fair. Um, so I I think I like I agree with Jay a hundred percent on this. There's two things that happened. One, they they need to continually beat this Ahsoka drum until the series happens. So they have to keep her involved. But two, I think what happened was a classic compromise between Kennedy and Favreau. It's yeah. it's well known that they want to scrap the the sequels to make it its own or like they want to remove some of that stuff from canon and she's pushed and fought and kicked and screamed and your favorite character of all time ray is involved in the middle of this but (laughs) they've essentially made it to be so that the path that luke ends up on where he's like over ben with that lightsaber actually could have come to fruition because he made that or like he made Grogu make that choice. And everybody at the end of episode six was like, wow, Luke's a dick. He did this to a child. Like I didn't, I didn't think he's a, he's a child in our eyes, but he's 50 years old and his, yeah, he's 50. Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, but, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that would have been framed if they weren't trying to like smooth over the, the, the bad taste that some people have about the sequel. Well, they, they've got to repair that. Yeah. You're going to see, and this is my prediction, uh, you're going to see a young Kylo Ren, or you're going to see Kylo Ren kill Grogu. That's what I think is going to happen. That's going to bridge the gap between the two. Um, now that you have this technology that's perfected, this deep fake technology, you can have any era character. So you can have Han and Leia come back and it'll look pretty good. I think that's what's going to happen. You're going to see the whole Han Solo drop off Ben and you're going to see Ben kill Grogu. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, but yeah, getting back to the Jedi disciplines, you can't, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't, mm. you can't be attached because you're going to be led by your emotions. And I, I never thought it was a dick move. I just thought, well, that's the Jedi way. That's what you have to do to become a Jedi. Mm. You have to choose. Yeah. There's too many cults in star Wars. Now the Mandalore, <laughs> The the Jedi, the the whatever the bad guy is at the time, the Pikes. Um, speaking of bad guys and specifically Ahsoka, that Cad Bane reveal at the end of six, right, where we see him do Cobb Van thirty, shoot him in the middle of the street, and then walk off, and then he has that square off in Episode seven with Boba Fett and is seemingly killed. Did the book of Boba Fett waste a character or are we going to see Cad Bane in the Ahsoka series as one of the main villains? Because they square off numerous times in the Clone Wars. He's coming back guaranteed. Yeah, he's not they, dead. They didn't kill him. I mean, so if you if want to you... get really nerdy, <laughs> the, the heart monitor on yeah, his that's vest what... is going <laughs> that's, off. Uh, that's the first thing I also, saw. It's also a beacon. I can't remember what his droid's name is, but I'm sure he's got... Uh, I'm sure he's always two steps ahead of everybody, including Palpatine. You outwit the Emperor, you're going to outwit Boba Fett. Okay, yeah. so he would have known what's going to happen. He's going to be studying Boba Fett, following what he's doing. Okay, so he's with the Raiders for five years. It wasn't even for five weeks. So five years is a long time. Obviously, Cad Bane knew what was going on, studied, realized that, I guess, you know, he goes back to the palace for stupidest reasons, but he grabs the gaffy stick. I'm sure Cad Bane saw that. He's like, okay, why did he grab that? He's going to use that against me. So there's got to be some way that he that he preserved his own life. Yeah, but uh, what are your thoughts on how they presented Cad Bane in the series? 
It was beautiful. It was one of the best. And you could tell it wasn't, you could tell that was 100% John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Because the way Cad Bane was shown in episode seven was a joke. That's just, there are two different visions right there. The way they were Mm -hmm. shot, the way they were introduced. Um, In those few seconds, you saw Cad Bane in episode, um, whatever, six or five. He was more frightening than Boba Fett ever has been. Yeah, he was right. genuinely scary, and it was really so, cool. You know the uh, the meme from what is it, Wolf of Wall Street, where Leonardo DiCaprio is sitting on the couch, like pointing at the <laughs> with the drink, pointing. and he whistles. Yeah, yeah, that was totally me when when they showed the the figure of Cad Bane walking up from the distance. I literally yeah. was like, "Holy shit, that's Cad Bane!" <laughs> and honestly, that character physically. They made him look amazing. I think this is one of the best transitions from the animated series to live action for a character that they yeah. had from that. Um, yeah, I I have been very vocal. I dislike the casting for Ahsoka. Um, I just feel like it doesn't fit with the how the character has progressed even from like clone wars into rebels, but she's an adult now, man. I know. But anyways, <laughs> um, but with Cad Bane, honestly was, was scary. And that is the type of energy that we needed from Boba Fett in this series. He needed to be intimidated. He needed to scare people into respecting him. And if they didn't bring him gifts, then bam, off with your head kind of thing. You're going to the Sarlacc pit. And But it wasn't it but we didn't see that. We saw him. No, we didn't. I, I we agree. Didn't. I, I agree with you, by the way, but I'm saying we didn't see that. We saw him and Cobb Vanth do a standoff. And it was yeah. incredible. Right. And so, the thing is uh, though, there, is you th- during that standoff, there that was the most tension <laughs> I felt in a Star Wars piece of media in a very long time because do you want to know why that was why i'll tell you exactly why that was because you like Cobb vanth and we all do we care about that character because he's interesting and he's different yeah so you're like oh oh." yeah also though from because i've watched the entirety of clone wars and rebels and all that seeing the history of um cad bane in those so when sure. I was watching it versus when um, Angela was watching it, she didn't really know who the character was. Like she knew who the character was, but she didn't know the depth of what he was capable of and and a lot of like the backstory to him from Clone Wars and, and whatnot. But I knew that stuff. So I'm like, oh, shit, I know how badass this character is. And you're right. We do care about um, what's his face? Uh Cobb Vance. Yeah. Right? Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. So we care about him. So we know that there's like this, it's on the line, right? Not so much when he was fighting uh, Boba Fett because you're like, you know what? Honestly, I don't care. <laughs> Maybe Boba Fett does die here. And that's the end of the character. It would be a, a stupid waste of a death of it for a character. But still, like, um, I think that. Cad Bane is going to be one of the main antagonists in uh, the Ahsoka series because he has been one of the main villain characters throughout every series with Ahsoka in it. 
Sorry, are you saying Cobb Vanth or Cad Bane? Cad Bane. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you did, but like I, I'm just I'm theorizing on what's next for Cobb Vanth because obviously they turn around and make that comment at the end of the show, which is seemingly weird. Like, oh, if not us, but who? And then they have that weird like we're all standing in a half circle laughing about life thing. And then I'm well, kind of wondering if there was that s- shot with the uh, cybernetic doctor guy. Yeah. Over top. What, he was in the back to chamber area. Right. And that was, that was Cobb Vanth in the, yeah, it was Cobb Vanth tank. in the modder, the head modder who did the modifications yeah. on everyone. Yeah, so, so like he's not dead, right? Like, he's going to heal. That. He'll get like a cool robot arm or something and he'll be back. Well, he was shot um, in the shoulder. <laughs> so, Maybe he'll well, be really a good at there arm wrestling for a reason. I'm sure they'll. Yeah. They got to You know, they we haven't got the first figure yet, but they're gonna make another action figure, right, with his robot parts. So you, you buy true. him again. They might paint it um, red, and we won't recognize him. He he's exactly. definitely. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm interested to see in what vessel they use him next, because I think he was a character that people attached to even after that first episode of the Mandalorian that he was in. Um, but kind of looking at it, like, could he end up in the Ranger series? Could he end up? being the lead in the next version of the book of Boba Fett, because I think aside from him, the only other character there they would really waste from this series is Fennec. I think they've out of all the characters, they've done her the dirtiest because she is such an interesting, powerful character with no, like you're just doing busy work. Where were you through that whole big fight? You sniped off five people and then you left. What she happened? had to go kill the unarmed mare in that little house because yeah, that with, was really important at that time. She was like their number one sniper and she left. It's just stupid. Yeah, which was so dumb. Like they did her so dirty. Like, oh, this character is getting really popular. We can't have too many females that are popular. Sorry. You have too much. There's too much exposition in that show. There's too much um, of them telling us exactly what is happening to the point where it's insulting. It's like, we can figure this stuff out, and they're just spelling it out for us. And Fennec, um, I think it was after, uh, I think it was episode six, after the Mandalorian came back from visiting Grogu or didn't see Grogu or whatever, and they're sitting around the war room in Jabba's palace, and she's the one explaining everything. And Boba Fett's just standing there. It's just like, if, if this show, if Boba and Fennec had to switch spots, I would have been able to digest it more and believe it more i think it would have been a better show i think she is a good character the problem is her and her and boba fett are the same character they're the exact same character they act the same they talk the same they have the same blank look the only thing is fennec shandu is more interesting because she acts more like a bounty hunter 100 percent agree 100 (laughs) percent agree yeah like even when she saves uh like when they're in slave one and they're fighting the sarlacc pit and she saves him like she wants to actively be involved. And he's just like, I need to have revenge on this thing. Okay. You're still doing more than Boba Fett did the entire series. Um, Quickly well, before. Sorry. No, I was just going to say the last video I put up on Star Wars on my YouTube channel. Uh, it was titled my version of my favorite version of Boba Fett. And it's from Return of the Jedi. And I'll briefly say this real quickly. Um, I liked that he got killed and I liked the way he got killed in Return of the Jedi because as a kid, I was pissed off that he was the one who took Han away, took him away from Leia, took took him away from Luke. And so to me as a kid, even though everyone hates the way he went down, I thought it was really cool. And I'm like, yes, 
the bad guy got what he deserved. And even the Sarlacc burps, I think it's great. That yeah, it's was kind a of, perfect it, end to that character. And I think that was the ending to the character that made sense. I think George knew what he was doing. It was like, this character doesn't need to be here anymore. Like, what's going to mm-hmm. happen after Jabba's Palace, really? Where's it? What's he going to do? We're not going to see him anymore. So get rid of him. And you know? it was kind of ironic how he died as well. Right, like yeah, it was stupid. Have a this... blind guy with a staff, killed him. <laughs> right? A guy who but couldn't it's... even see accidentally killed him. <laughs> it just and it just shows like this is a badass character, and then you know he dies in like the silliest way. But it worked, right? And everyone knows that Boba Fett got eaten by the Sarlacc, right? When and you take it... off from Jabba's pal or from Jabba's barge, what do you do? Think about this: you're the number one bounty hunter in the galaxy. You know all the tricks in the book. You land right in front of Luke Skywalker. What did you think was going to happen? Like, <laughs> Nothing. You know He's a I dumb mean? kid. <laughs> Not very smart to do, but he yeah. did it. Um, the one of the the big questions that kind of came up, and I I couldn't answer it to save my life. Thinking about it, it's like whatever happened to the twins? What's up with them? Why are they a relevant piece of information to the story? It was just like they were there and then they like backed off immediately it was it was kind of odd to see them like i understood having them in the first place being like well you killed jabba we this is our area we want to run spice and then all of a sudden they were just like oh gone what a waste here's Karstan. you can have him because Whatever. disney knows that we like jabba the hut in that imagery so here's more huts that the show is filled with too much member berries one reason I don't like Rogue One is because it's filled with that stuff. Um, and this show is filled with that stuff. Do you know what I mean? To, to the point where it's insulting uh, to, to the viewer, to Star Wars fans. I think you're, you're exactly right, man. You hit it on the head. Why were those huts there? And then they just left. It's like, okay. Like, were they too? So what am I supposed to, what am I supposed like, to I, think I here? Yeah. Which, by the way, was really cool. I thought Karstan was a very neat character. I, I, I'd never seen was him that? before. Uh, he, the, the, he's the, the, the Wookie? black Wookiee. Oh, Chris Sandin. Yeah, yeah, he's in the books. Um, he's him and Boba Fett have a backstory, which is kind of good. Again, for for if you haven't read the comic books, which I'm sure most haven't, which is fine. But mm-hmm. they didn't. You didn't know they knew each other, which yeah. is canon. It's in the Marvel comics from 2015 and on. You, they didn't explain that very well. You know? And and I've I've read a bunch of those comics, so I knew who the character was. But when we were watching it, Andrew's like, "Who who is that?" I'm like, "Oh, he's like a he's a Wookiee bounty hunter, or I, like I, he's a, a Wookie. he's a badass who does a lot of and that's the thing like in stuff. the com- in the comics he is a huge badass. But they in this all they do is they just get everyone to pile on him and then they overpower him. Every single fight that he's been on, they yeah. just do a big pile on and then. And you're and then, telling uh, me that that <laughs> epic fight in in um, Boba Fett's bedroom, the mod squad, the four mod gang guys, beat Black Chrysanthemum? Are you? Uh, is this a joke? With I actually said shooters? that out loud. I said, oh "Is this God. a joke?" The so uh, Black Chrysanthemum sneaks into Jabba's palace. How? Doesn't matter. Forget that. Okay, so he's in there, and he doesn't even have a gun. Why didn't he just blow up that put put a thermal detonator on the outside of the back to tank? Like these are the common sense questions that I can't answer because it's just horrible, horrible writing. Plot armor. 
<laughs> um, those, exactly. those, that biker gang was something special too. Um, I understood that they use them as kind of like plot devices to, to keep the story moving. And obviously Boba Fett had to be involved with um, what was his name? Wayne Knight, uh, <laughs> Wayne Knight's weird character, but the animation for all their bikes was just so awful. I thought I was watching something on cable. Like you had the money to do all this stuff. Why did you waste our time with these like rickety bike races? And and the weird thing is, is that they went all CG with a lot of that stuff. Oh, most, if not all of everything was CG. They weren't using physical sets for anything. Have you seen the behind the scenes thing yet? No, not yet. Um, The thing is, is like with the release of, well, since um, The Force Awakens, right? One thing that they've been trying to really push and do is go back to physical props and and actual physical sets. And then we get this. and, And Mandalorian was pretty good with a lot of stuff. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of CGI in that. But anything that is being, like, when they interact with people or with objects, it's all physical. Whereas this, it, one, they were way too colorful to fit in with uh, the environment. They just looked like they should be in a like a cyberpunk kind of style f- show. And then two, it was all CG. So it after years of seeing these new Star Wars shows and movies where we've come to expect, you know, physical props and stuff like that, having this weird animation it was almost on tier with, you know, Star Wars Episode 2, where it doesn't look right. It doesn't fit right with with <laughs> what they're do- doing, right? It, and those characters, they're just throwaway characters. They're literally just there as plot fillers so that they can later on. And in the last episode, they had a group of people to show that, oh, you know what? There's people in this alleyway that are actually working for the Pikes. Yeah, and like the spin move. You all know what I'm talking about. That just ridiculous, like, okay. Um, Okay. You know what? I I can't talk about those guys anymore because I'm kind of getting angry. (laughs) Um, It it just bothers me that you have something of such high quality and a standard that we're getting to know and love and understand. And then that happens. It's like, did you forget to render half your video? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Mando for a little bit before we get into our 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 questions from our call or our callers, our listeners. Um, essentially, the Mandalorian did one of two things. It it set itself up for what's kind of going to happen with J- uh, Din in the next season. But I also think it set up a little bit of Obi Wan. Maybe maybe not a lot, but just enough to like give us a taste of what's to come and what they're kind of planning, because that one I think is 100% uh, Favreau and Filoni. Um, we can only hope. But did Mando lose the Darksaber, or is it just assumed because every other time he dropped it and then he had it back on his hip that he still has it? I think he still No, has he it. had it because he was using it to try and cut the shields for the droids. And, and then he got knocked out through. and Grogu saved yeah, he, his ass. And yeah. the, like, nah, I thought Grogu went, was going to pick up the Darksaber. No, he he's got it. Yeah, it's too important to to just leave behind. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on, I I really like what they did with him trying to use the dark saber. Um because if you remember back from Rebels when um Sabine 
was trying to use the dark saber right she couldn't control it because it was too powerful for her essentially and she had all this like she was training to be able to control the dark saber and all this stuff i really like how they took that and and continued that on like uh mandalorian has the dark saber and he's going to use it but we see like he injured himself with it because he's clumsy with it. He's not used to using a sword. He's not used to the power that is emitting from that handle. And I think that they did a really good job at portraying the energy in that weapon that the, the translation from rebels came over really nicely. I think at least for at least that specific weapon. I see. I didn't watch a lot, so I, I I can't really tell you. I'm still working through Clone Wars, so that, that might be more of a um, deferral. This is the first time we've seen somebody use an energy weapon that actually gets damaged from it, which is really cool. Up to this point, it's been, I mean, Luke didn't really know what he was doing a lot in Empire, but he he knew how to use it well enough. It was really cool to see Din not only understand the weight of the thing. But the fact that, yeah, if you put it too close to your body, you're going to hurt yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Really cool. And and I And we mentioned earlier, like, how he cut a guy in half and chopped his head off. Like, we actually see them use this energy blade. And not only just, like, we're not cutting an arm off, you know? Like, we've seen that almost in every, <laughs> every movie, right? Yeah. An arm or a hand. But literally chopping a guy in half including the table right that's what's so great about that character that character he is so lovable i mean who doesn't love the mandalorian as a character he's so likable uh, but he's still a badass and i don't know why they couldn't have done that with boba fett and i think what we saw a a change in his character right like we we got a little bit of it at the very beginning like the first episode of Mandalorian season one, because he's a bounty hunter, right? He's just doing another job and he's, he's a badass. but this it's been some time since he's more or less lost Grogu. Right. And he's gone back to his ways and he's violent and gruesome and doesn't care. Like he just wants to get the job done. And that's the, like you said, that's the Boba Fett that we needed, but we didn't get. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, We like the violent streaks. That Star Wars has really given us lately. Well, yeah. it's necessary yeah. violence that that makes sense to this story. I don't like mm-hmm. you know gratuitous violence just for the sake of shocking people. But you know, if you pull out the dark saber, you know you're not going to just you know injure the guy. You're going to kill him. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was just really really cool to see that. And I also I must say I love the scene when Boba Fett rides in behind the bikers and Slave One and just destroys them. And you can see it on his face. He has uh, that murder kind of expression. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, wow, that's that's Boba Fett. That's <laughs> cool. He just, cold blood just kills him. There's no sport. There's no, let's have a fair fight. Nope, he just kills him from behind with a starship. Yeah, yeah they were set up, I tells you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. When it came to the original scene with the armor and trying to teach Din how to properly, properly use the Darksaber and like talking about Bogotan, do you guys get the feeling that the armor is not who she is set out to be? I just have this like really bad feeling that she's going to be like the antagonist of the next season over 
some other possible characters. It's going to be like this mm. this battle between Bo-Katan, the armorer, Din, all trying to become the leader of the Mandalorian. And I think Din's going to walk away from the Mandalorian like way, possibly. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, don't I get the I feeling feel like, that the armor is terrible. I feel like Din is more, like he's, even when they said like, you're no longer part of the Mandalorian clan or whatever, you know, he's, he's saying like, how can I get back in? Right. Like he is very devote to the ways of the Mandalorian. Um, How can you kick out the leader? He has the sword. (laughs) Well, he's, he's not, I guess he's not officially like, I don't know. If you, if you wouldn't say if you, if you keep the dark saber and you didn't win it in combat, then it will destroy you or something. It's like a, basically like a curse. Right. Yeah. But he did technically win it in combat twice. Yeah, um, I don't know if the armorer is going to be a significant antagonist in the next season, but I do feel like that character will play a maybe a bigger role rather than just making armor, because I feel like uh, she's one of the few characters that really knows the the old ways of the Mandalorians. Well, she's um, she's the mentor character to Din. I don't think she's going anywhere. I think she does what she's no. supposed to do, and she also delivers a lot of backstory for us as the viewer. I don't I don't think she'll get much deeper than she is. I don't think there's a need for that. That's just my yeah. Cents. I think maybe she'll give him a job, or like give him a way to prove himself again to become back into the Mandalorian clan. But uh, I don't know. I feel like there is going to be something with her, but it could just be like, you know, like the equivalent of the Oracle in the matrix series, you know, it's, it's just this character that kind of fills in plot holes. Well, well she's the, <laughs> yeah. she's the mentor character, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think we're trained as fans of cinema to kind of expect there's going to be this portrayal coming. I mean, I thought Fennec was going to turn on Boba Fett the whole show. I thought uh, she's going to betray him. Yeah, no, that, that would be too good. That would that, that would create depth to the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's not allowed. Yeah. Um. All right. So I got one final question for you guys about this show before we talk a little Obi Wan and then take some questions. But even though you didn't really like all the campy fan service stuff, there had to be one moment that jumped off the page as like a character that you'd love to see, or there was something that actually genuinely made you giddy. Was there a character that comes to mind for me? It was BD-8 because I was playing Jedi Fallen Order. I really liked the character and I thought it was a really cool little battle droid. Well, not even a battle droid, but just a little companion droid. Um, Yeah, I mean, Luke Skywalker, hands down. Um, seeing seeing Luke after Return of the Jedi, not just in a combat role, seeing him train his first student, I think uh, for me is incredibly emotional because that's like, that's my character, right? Um, so seeing him and, and how well done he was like just the, from the effects to the dialogue, um, I thought he was great. And I thought th- those scenes were so beautiful and they weren't overdone. They weren't silly. Like the last Jedi, when he slaps her hand with the branch or whatever, it wasn't anything mm. like that. It was just the Luke that we knew from return of the Jedi. He's wise, but he's still, still learning. It's yeah. cool. There yeah. was some tasteful comedy in there too, like when he uh, doesn't allow Grogu to eat the frog and then gives him the frog anyways. Thought that was kind of humorous. 
It is. It's not. It's not silly and over the top, right? And then mm-hmm. he basically another lesson, right? He's like uses the force to raise up like fifteen frogs. He's basically saying, see, if you concentrate, you can have all this. You know, just stick to your studies and you'll get there. Yeah, I my favorite character fan service would be um, Cad Bane because I can't say BD eight because you did. <laughs> um, I thought BD eight was. Uh, a great addition. Um, I just think it's cool that they are bringing some of these cool characters that they've released in other mediums into the big screen. Um, and BD eight is a cool, cool draw. Now Cad Bane, yeah, though, yeah, hands Cad- down though, was the biggest and best reveal for me. That's, that's one character that I've always wanted to kind of see more of. And they did a great job bringing him into live action. But now will they bring in Calcastus at some point? We know. We know. He exists. He's literally modeled after a real human. <laughs> like yeah. could could we could we see him in a future? Episode? I might see him in, in Obi-Wan. Um I don't think I mean you guys might know, you know, I, I don't know, but they didn't really say that that was Cal's droid. It's no, same, it's just the same, same model of droid, yeah. right? It's the same model, yeah, yeah but I mean, there's a million R2 units, right? doesn't mean it's R2-D2. Mm-hmm. I think they're doing a really good job of tying every medium together. They're tying the games together with the old legends, legacy stuff, you know, with Thrawn. They're bringing that stuff back. They're, they're really, mm-hmm. like, you could tell, you could, you could, sorry, you could tell John Favreau is a real Star Wars fan. You can, you can tell that. And him paired with Dave uh, Filoni is just, it's, it's magical. Yeah, and I think Dave Filoni was actually a clone of George Lucas, so Yeah, he's gonna take up the mantle and I think it's I think he it's is. great. I can't think of anyone better. Dave's yeah. created great characters. Really, really great characters. And uh, you know, you kinda had one of those proud moments, you know, where, you know, he, he made those characters on Clone Wars animated, which is great, and now he's kind of graduated, now they're in live action Star Wars, which will mm-hmm. always be like the main Star Wars to me it will always be the live action. Oh, for sure. Interestingly enough, there is no actual list name for what droid that was. So we just know it was a BD unit. We just assumed it was BD-8. Very cool. And I'm I'm all for new stuff. Like even the mod gang is as crazy as they were. They reminded me of, you know, a character creation screen from like Old Republic or something. You know, you can make your character look that way. I have no problem with stuff like that. It's just... The, the way they were presented and the fact that they all did nothing and they all had zero personalities. That's my issue with it. It's really the cosmetics and them, them looking like they're from Blade Runner. Okay, I can get around all that because the galaxy is huge despite what Disney thinks. It's this huge galaxy. We only see ever a very small fraction. What are you it talking about? The galaxy is only Tatooine. Exactly. You hit it on the head. It seems to be those that one street on Tatooine. Like you're talking about a planet. And this entire thing you know, takes place. And I just got to say, uh, the most ridiculous moment in the whole show, and I checked out long before this, uh, Din and Boba Fett are pinned down. I'm sure you've seen the meme. They're pinned down. Boba Fett's like, I'll be back. I'm going to get reinforcements. He leaves for a while. Goes to Jabba's palace, his home. Gets a gaffy stick and a rancor instead of slave one. there's only two of these droids and they shot at these droids for 45 years and the shields weren't going down at all even the dark saber wasn't going through it 
You know what would go it, through it? A friggin' starship. Why didn't he bring back Slave One and just decimate those two <laughs> droids and end that right there? It's the equivalent of, you know, if you're at work and you have to go home for something real quick and then you take your time because you're like, I'm already here. I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. I'm going to check my emails. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, or, or how about back or, to work? <laughs> exactly. Or how about this? It's like, why didn't the new Boba Fett always have the gaffy stick attached to his back? That would have been cool looking. It would have been some. Right, they would have made, made part of his character. Why? Why did he go back there? Except for the fact that he had to kill Cad Bane with it, because we're supposed to have some sort of connection with him and the Tuscans that we don't, because it was executed so poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fact anyway. that he had to bend over to shoot his first missile, and then he left to go get a second one, and then I don't think he used the second one in that last fight. So oh, I I don't even know, man. It, there's so there's so much. I, again, I you know I did my live stream for four hours, and my friend Jordan and I were just we were just baffled. And the time flew by, and we said a few positive things, but mostly it was just like screenwriting one hundred and one, common sense one hundred and one. You know. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, looking up to Obi Wan because that's the next thing. Ahsoka's too far away. What do you think, like, can they learn from the book of Boba Fett's mistakes? Do they have to rewrite stuff? How do you think this is going to go? Because I think they're doing a lot of aging stuff with both uh, Ewan and um, what's his his face? Hayden Christensen, right? I don't know. Like, we're going to see another lightsaber battle between the two of them, which will be cool. But we don't know if that actually happened. No, that's not going to happen. I Um, think there's a lot on the line with Kenobi just for the legacy of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi. But yeah, Vader says in a new hope, you know, when I left you, I was, but the learner. Now I am the master. So that rules out any kind of force ghost visit, which is initially what I thought was Anakin's ghost would be, geez, dare I say it would, if you guys have ever seen Dexter, the show Dexter, it'd almost be like, Dexter's father was always with him. It was just like something that Dexter saw. I thought it would be like that. And then one of my buddies pointed out that line from A New Hope where it's like, yeah, he hasn't seen Obi-Wan since he betrayed him. So you're probably only going to see flashbacks, which I'm fine with. But it's like, what are we going to see? I already know they were best friends. It was like almost a father and son thing. They were very close. I get that. That was shown in spades over many years. So Besides fan service of seeing Hayden Christensen again, why do we need to see more of that? I have a feeling that it's going to be more of a a series split into two halves where we see Obi-Wan Kenobi um, kind of becoming a hermit on Tatooine and keeping an eye on, on Luke. Oh, no. And then we'll have Darth Vader scouring the, the galaxy for the remaining Jedi. And he might catch wind that uh, Kenobi's on Tatooine or somewhere. And he's never actually going to go himself. He's just going to keep setting his Inquisitors or something like that. So because, like you said, there can't be an actual physical interaction between the two of them. Because then it just ruins their interaction in A New Hope. So it'll be flashbacks. If Vader ever got the hint, even the slightest whiff, that Obi-Wan was still alive, he would have hunted him. So exactly. that will that will never happen. Like he 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 can't suspect Kenobi's still out there. Um I like your idea 
of seeing a lot of Darth Vader stuff. I would love to to see a lot of Darth Vader stuff, but I, I don't know if we're gonna get that because I mean, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be above Disney to destroy something that we all love, <laughs> right? So I can see them really you know, no. putting out another <laughs> another version of a new hope where they take that line out and now the canon is well what they make it in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. Um, hey, man, hot, ask you guys shot this. first. I want to ask you guys this um, as Star Wars fans as well. Is this a show that we need or is it going to be just another solo a Star Wars story? Do we Kenobi? need to see? Do we need to see him look after Luke? Really? Do we need this? I'm just asking. No, we do not. This is 100% because the fan base in general loves Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and oh, they want more of it. He is. He's yeah. he single-handedly carried the <laughs> prequel trilogy. Um but people want to see him reprise the role as the character. He's even said he would have loved to play Obi-Wan again. I personally would have loved to see um live action series with Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen during <clears throat> like the Clone Wars era. And I know that we had the Clone Wars TV show. But there's so much that they could have that they could explore during that time. And I know like they both look older and stuff like that, so it'd be a little more difficult. But there was a lot that they could do if they wanted to bring Obi-Wan Kenobi back. Um and I don't know if this series is it. Obviously I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> but And that's just I, it, right? They they yeah. know you're gonna watch it no matter what, because it has Star Wars on it. What happened to I mean, I have a great idea. How about a brand new story with new characters that have nothing to do with anything. How cool would it be? And I would watch this. You want to make it on Tatooine? That's fine. Call it, you know, Tales from the Cantina, a throwback to the old novel from the 90s, and just have it like this bartender would be like Sam from Cheers. And each week it's just adventures and patrons that come through his bar. I would watch that in a second. I think that would be so interesting and fun. You could did do you so ever, many different things with it. But did they, you ever they read can't... the book? Sorry, did you ever read the book uh Star Wars from a certain point of view? No. It's so there's two series. There's Star Wars and then I think there's Empire Strikes Back. Um and it's a book of short stories and it is different parts of the movies, but from background characters' perspectives. Right. Yes. So, I, I mean, that's what kind of the Tales series was, right? Tales from Jabba's mm -hmm. Palace, Tales from the Cantina. Yeah. It was those characters that we saw for two seconds, right? And then they make a whole story out of it. Um, I'm talking more just create a totally new character. Like, look how successful The Mandalorian was. It was so, it still is so successful. Just make something brand new. I don't understand with today, like what, what's going on with today, why people can't just create and come up with new ideas. You're still tied to these old characters. And there's I'm, a, a I'm sure everyone's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. But I want to see new stuff in Star Wars. So, well, and that's the thing. You'd think that they would see after the success, the success of The Mandalorian, both seasons, that a new character can really bring a new life to the series right like they tried to create a new story and new character it's some new characters with the sequel trilogies but everything then eventually was brought back right to the original uh series like the original um trilogy 
you'd think that after seeing the success of Mandalorian, they would say, you know what? This worked really well for us. Let's see what new characters we can make. Let, let's explore different aspects of Star Wars. Or let's focus on characters that you know, didn't really have much screen time or have much story that were interesting that we want to build on. Except Boba Fett, because that didn't work. Yeah, I know. So there's a big reason that you guys are missing. And, and it's the same Money. reason why Die Hard... No, it's the same reason why <laughs> Die Hard films are still happening. And like people keep going back to reprisal roles because as long as there's a Mark Hamill, there is a Luke Skywalker iteration. And like, I don't want anything bad to happen to Mark Hamill at all. But Luke or Mark Hamill has to say, I don't want to be Luke Skywalker anymore for Disney to get their heads out of their asses and be like, hey, we could do something other than a Skywalker. Series. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't even matter. He signed his likeness off in the 70s. And with his yeah, technology, with his technology, they can still make Luke Skywalker, and he he can't say anything about it. So I, I yeah, it was Mark, Mark Hamill though. Mark Hamill is Luke Skywalker. He lives and breathes that character though. Yeah, but look at right. I agree with you, man. I mean, Mark's my favorite actor, but I mean, look at the legacy of Han Solo. Han Solo is Harrison Ford. Do you think Disney cared? No, they wanted no. to create that unnecessary. Solo story, which I don't think it was a bad movie. I just think it was unnecessary, and they showed us too much and took, frankly, all the mystery of the character away. Maybe the movie does suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it de- it definitely just does. Do you guys want to get to uh, some mailing questions before we wrap this thing up? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye, David. <laughs> See you. So I'm just gonna go off our list. And uh, we'll answer some questions. Uh, They don't have to be long, extensive answers, but let's just get to the point for our listeners. Um, Carissa writes in, if you had to choose between training to be a Jedi with Luke and getting your own lightsaber or having Grogu as your companion for life, which would you pick? Who's going first? You can go. (laughs) Uh, I would train with Luke. I knew you would. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not really having Grogu as your companion, right? I mean, that's a father and son relationship. And if people haven't figured that out yet, that's exactly what that relationship is. So it's not like he's your sidekick. That's literally like mm-hmm. his son now. Right? <laughs> he's so not Groot. It's, Adventures it's, not, it's not like you're having an R2 droid beside you or anything. Yeah, um, yeah I would pick to stay with Luke. Yeah, I would definitely uh, train with Luke. Well, I then, think being uh, a Jedi would be so much cooler than having to uh, babysit a 50-year-old baby. <laughs> I, I would also train to be a Jedi because I would want to be able to use the Force. Um, GL Tomb writes in, since the Book of Boba was only supposed to be one season, what do you think they're ultimately leading up to? I don't I, know. I, the I, Ranger I don't series? They're, they're trying to... They're trying to uh, forge, or sorry, I should say they're trying to create the Marvel Cinematic Universe within Star Wars, which, like I said earlier, I'm a big fan. I'm sure do it. But it literally ended with zero cliffhanger. And in mm-hmm. fact, the show ended with the Mandalorian and Grogu. Um, so, and, and Boba Fett saying we're not cut out for this, mm-hmm. which makes me even have even less interest in the character. So I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a one season thing and it's just going to be that show that you either like or you hate. I don't think there's any in between with Boba Fett. Yeah. I think the show is, 
only useful for introducing Cad Bane into live action. Um, and that's really about it. I don't think... I have a feeling that they knew right off the bat as they were writing the story that it wasn't going anywhere. So they ended it the way that they did. It wasn't, it didn't end on a cliffhanger. It didn't end with a scene at the end of the trailers really that, or the end of the series after the credits that really led to something different or bigger. Right. So I think it's the end, the end of the book of Boba Fett. <laughs> they, they, could, right. they could have saved the show if, uh, Kira had shown up with Crimson Dawn and she was behind everything, which I swear that was going to happen. I thought that was the big reveal at the end, but that didn't happen. There was no big bad guy. It was really just the mayor and those other nameless gangs. It was just like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just a little gang war. For for what it's worth, I think it's kind of leading into the Rangers series because they can just continually recruit people that we've seen in different shows. Like We obviously know Cara Dune. Um, had her contract renewed for at least the Mandalorian. We don't know if Disney was also like, yeah, you could have your other job back too. But Cobb Vanth would make some sense on that Rangers team. So I know they're trying to build up that roster. I think this is going to be kind of like a, a suicide squad, but a collection of good people. Well, he's again, uh, he's a fantastic character with a lot of personality and I care about what happens to him. Which I wish I, I could think- say the same thing for Boba. I really do because we all grew up with Boba Fett. He's the coolest, mm-hmm. right? But I don't care what happens to Boba Fett at all. No, he could have died in that fight, and I would have been okay with it. If like, anything, that would be a cool way for him to go. <laughs> and then you would hate uh, Cad Bane even more, and you would hope that in the next season or series that he's in, that he he pays for what he did to to Boba Fett, but we didn't care about Boba Fett during the entire series. So put us out, put everyone out of their misery (laughs) by killing Boba Fett. Here's a deep one. So don't, don't dig too deep guys, but Gabriel writes in favorite star Wars fan theory or favorite star Wars, like theory. What what's out there that you just believe or you've thought about and you hope it's to be true. Oh, um, (laughs) Well, I'm glad it wasn't Mace Windu. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't really have anything off the top of my head. Um, I was always hoping that we would see Luke again in between Jedi and Force Awakens, and, and we did. Um, I'm hoping. I don't really have a, a fan theory. Yeah, honestly, I don't know. The yeah. only thing I can think of off the top of my head that I don't necessarily believe, but it. It is kind of interesting. Is the fact that uh, apparently Jarger Banks was supposed to be a Sith? <laughs> yes, Darth Jarger. They they debunked that in one of the novels, a canon novel, where he's actually a clown in the streets of Coruscant. He's like a street performer. That's what he. That's what became old Jarger. That's what be- he had a freaking girlfriend who was like the queen of a, an entire planet, and now not. <laughs> and now he's a clown. Um, one that I've really always liked is who is Anakin's real father. And the, there is theories out there that it could be Palpatine, which would also be interesting. It's Watto. I know. I just, I'm saying it's a theory, (laughs) my guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. There's been hints of that, that, uh, you know, he did some Sith sorcery on Shmi Skywalker. Yeah, let's go. I'll go with that one too. I'll copy your answer. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Uh, um, New member of the scene on screen team, Farbsy writes in. 
Where do you guys see season three of Mando going? It could go in any direction. <laughs> well, I he's going to go. Uh, oh, yeah, you go ahead, man. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I think it's going to focus more on um, him and Bo-Katan. And I think she's going to become an uh, antagonist of sorts because she wants that uh, Darksaber. Um, but other than that, I don't really know. I, I I have no idea where they could take it. Um, because Mandalorian, that whole series was the story so far was him getting trying to get Grogu to a Jedi. And he succeeded in that. And now we don't know. It's I don't know what they're going to do. It's going to have something to do with the Darksaber. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be, Bo-Katan will be integral. He's going to obviously go back to Mandalore to those, what are the under, underwater, underground, whatever mines he's got to go to to mm-hmm. regain his status with his clan. He's going to do that. So we'll see a lot of Mandalore, which is great. Um, a lot more Grogu. Yeah, I think Bo-Katan, uh, who knows uh, if, uh, what's his name, is going to show up again. I never remember his name, man. Moff Gideon. Because I know he's in prison now with the New Republic. But if he comes back, who knows? I'd like to see um, maybe him and Luke kind of go at it. Although I don't think that would be much of a fight. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know. Pl- plot twist. You could see, like, I would love to see him, like, the, the show continue on, obviously. But him maybe discover his own way and kind of learn some new values or... I would, like to, I would like to see um, uh, Grogu still have that relationship with Luke. So it would be not unlike Luke and Yoda, where Luke walked away because he had, he you know, he felt he had to save Han and Leia, but then he came back and it was kind of too late. Yoda was kind of done. So Luke had to finish his own training, right? I'd like to see that where Grogu goes back to see Luke periodically and we see the Jedi Temple you know, maybe we see, you know, a little Kylo Ren or something like that. I would really like to see that because the sequel trilogy had some really good ideas. And I would like to see uh, Favreau repair that and kind of try and save um, the gap between uh, Jedi and Force Awakens. I think that yeah. would be interesting. At least a little bit, right? Like in the best of his abilities. Well, you All have right. to repair it. You have to. I mean, you yeah. can't just leave it the way it is. It's just such a mess. Uh, Denang writes in, what or when do you think we'll finally see Grand Admiral Admiral Thrawn for the first time in live action? Uh, she'll be in the Ahsoka show. She'll be the, the bad guy. She's she? she a baddie? Thrawn? Like yeah. Thrawn, Thrawn's a dude. Yeah, Thrawn will be the bad guy in the Ahsoka show. Uh, oh, because you, you're saying she. I'm like, hold on. What is, what <laughs> did I say that? Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. No, he will. Sorry. He. He will appear <laughs> oh, as the main bad guy in the Ahsoka show. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's it. I think that's why they brought Cad Bane back. I think he's going to be uh, working with Thrawn in some aspect in Ahsoka. Well, I agree uh, with you guys. He can't, so Cad Bane hates the Empire. Cad Bane he, hates true. everybody. He loathes the Empire, and Grand Admiral Thrawn is literally the poster boy for the Empire. So, unless you know, because this is this is post Empire, right? Like, they're. I wonder if they'll they will try and connect it to. Remember season two of Mando when they are seeing those kind of like the cloning tanks. 
Um, I have a feeling like it might connect with that and trying to build like the first order. So it's like, I hope not, not empire, but like new empire, you know, they realize that, you know, they can rule in a different way, like with sheer power rather than, you know, using dark magic. I was, I always said that they were after Grogu for Palpatine because they needed to harness his force. And that would make that story of, the Snokes and all that make more sense how nobody could house, no clone body could house it. So they needed a really powerful Jedi um, spirit or whatever you have it. And there are no Jedi anymore, but there's Grogu. He's at least force sensitive. He's not a Jedi, but yeah, they, I, I would really, 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 really love and hope that they tie that all together. That would be pretty sweet. Um, Jay, this one seems like a specific question for you. Um, Adam Glass writes in, I own issues one and two of Star Wars Tag and Blink are dead. They are in very good mint condition. Should I look into getting them graded? And where do you see their long-term value going? Yeah, anything that's graded, uh, it, it, it puts the value like 100% up. It's uh, figures, sports cards, comic books, sports memorabilia anything like that you get graded um it's not only looks really cool right even if you have a low grade if you if you you know send a figure in on a card and it comes back as a five or something or a comic book it's still more valuable than it was before i would absolutely do it especially like my favorite comic book is uh spider-man 361 the first carnage uh it's not in super great shape but I, I want to have mine graded just because it's my favorite, right? So I think if it means something to you, do it. Um, I, I would do it for sure, yeah. Sounds good to me. I, D- I agree. <laughs> D. Tanglaport <laughs> writes in, what is your favorite Star Wars planet? I'm going to go with Hoth. I just like some of the battles on Hoth. It was kind of fun. I, I really got no reason. I'm just picking a planet for the sake of picking a planet, but some of the best battles were on Hoth and I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, Tatooine has always been my favorite still is even after Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? If, if you guys ever watched uh Battlestar Galactica, the original or Buck Rogers, uh, the 79 Buck Rogers, I mean, every scene was in a hallway Right. So, I mean, Book of Boba Fett kind of reminds me of that, where it was like every scene outside was like this very small street. It really reminded me of like Buck Rogers. So, uh, it didn't ruin tattooing for me, is the point. Mm. Is the point I'm trying to make. My favorite would be Coruscant. Uh, I just like the idea, like how there's so many layers to that that planet. Um, And, a lot of the games that I've played have had levels and stuff like that in Coruscant and they've, they explore like the underworld of that. And I, I just, I've always thought that that'd be a really interesting, interesting planet to kind of explore more stories with. Dude, like think about, think about that. That that's absolutely correct. There's so much potential in that planet. We see it briefly in attack of the clones and it's so amazing. There's just you could out you there, there's your Star Wars underworld show right there. Imagine like exactly, the, right? tales from one of those CD bars on like the lower levels. How great that would look like a crime drama on the like the lower levels of Coruscant. It would be such a fantastic show. Or even a buddy cop 
series exactly. <laughs> in Coruscant. I want to see that. Or just like, yeah. you know, I would take, you know, a moisture farmer on tattooing at this point show over what we just saw. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> um, go, going to uh, somebody who doesn't maybe enjoy all the Star Wars films. Uh, Fernie Chick writes in, I love Star Wars. I'll accept episodes one, two, and three. Okay, we get you. I guess you don't uh, love Star Wars then. Hey, calm down. The question's not <laughs> over yet. I just can't get into them no matter what I do. I've watched them only once each, and the thought of watching them again makes me cringe. I feel I need to watch them in order to give them a chance. Why is it one and two, one, two, and three feel so different compared to every other Star Wars movie? Well, the CGI makes you feel like a big dumb idiot. No. That's why. <laughs> no, no forget, this, forget effects. I, this question, though, go, yeah. this question is like a topic for. I think we could do an entire episode on this, but I think for episodes one, two, and three, they. The story was, we already knew the end of the story, right? So George Lucas had to create a three movie trilogy and create a story that we know where it was going. So they had to, he had to find ways to introduce characters that we already knew about and all that stuff. But then on top of that, I think they felt so different because the technology at the time was advancing so much in, in film. So yeah, like the CGI and stuff like that at the time was phenomenal. It looks, it's, it looks very dated now, but that's what was new at the time. And that's what made it, you know, we could have these big, huge battles with tons of droids and alien creatures and Jedi and stuff like that. I think the it was just the technology at the time made it look so different, but then also people were so used to watching the original trilogies, which were came out in the seventies the and eighties. Right. Yeah. So uh, what's, what's the viewer's name? Uh, Fernie chick, Fernie chick. I, I would say this, um, but don't don't worry about why you don't like it. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Don't feel that you have to watch it or that you're missing something. Uh, there's tons of huge cinematic masterpieces that I don't care for. Lord of the Rings, Matrix. Um, I don't I don't get it. I don't watch that stuff. Um, you don't have to like everything. And I know Star Wars is arguably the biggest thing on the planet, pop culture wise. If you don't get it, you don't get it. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't get, uh, you know, a, a lot of that stuff. Like I said, even Star Trek to some degree, uh, Babylon five, you know, all that stuff. I just, I never got it. So, uh, I've only seen the last Jedi twice and both of which were part of the star Wars marathon. So I had to see it. Uh, and I've only seen the rise of Skywalker once. And that was also, at the end of the Star Wars marathon. Is that so. just because you can't stand the idea of booing at the end of the movie? <laughs> no, because if I watch it at home, I would just, I would lose my <laughs> voice because I'd just be booing for two and a half hours straight. <laughs> for, for me anyways, and th- this might be something that you feel or you guys feel as well. Um, for me, it's, I think they tried to force all these actors that were a little bit bigger at the time into these roles and people didn't know how to feel about it. Um, a lot of hate went on the original kid who played Anakin and I can't remember his name right now to save my life. Jake but, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, the jingle all the way kid. Um, when you look at that kind of what happened in the first episode and how he was like hated and bullied out of acting and Natalie Portman's like rise to fame. And then that second movie, like most people, if you were to rank the nine, they put that one in the bottom three, which is Mm-hmm. kind of upsetting but it, it's like a movie that you need for the meat and potatoes 
And Revenge of the Sith is actually one of my favorite Star Wars. I can watch that continuously, even though I know there are parts that are bad. I just enjoy watching that one. It's not for everybody, but it is for somebody. And there are parts that help you learn some of the story. I remember with my other half watching the prequels for the first time because she never watched Star Wars. When she put two and two together that Darth Vader was Anakin in, in Attack of the Clones. It made everything make so much sense because we watched the movies in order. She's like, oh, like, why don't I like this guy? I feel so like off about him. And then like you hear like that faint Imperial March and she's starting to like put these things together. It's always about the experience. And these movies, they can be enjoyed by everybody, even Rise of the Skywalker. I I guess. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Actually, I, I'm I'm with you guys there. I own the Blu-ray, and it's still in its wrapping. Um, I guess I, for me personally, it was because I became so emotionally invested into so many of the characters from Force Awakens, and then I I really felt betrayed because they were just thrown away. Or or I don't mind that they got changed. <clears throat> excuse me, in Episode Eight, but then it was damage control. Then it got changed back. And I was just like, what am I supposed to feel? This is stupid. Like, you had all these great ideas for these characters. Even Lawrence Kasdan, <laughs> who helped write Empire and Jedi, wrote these characters. Got Kylo Ren and, uh, you know, great characters like Poe. And then they were just tossed away because you we didn't can't... have anything else, for, you know, to do with them. So it's like, oh, instead of flushing that out, let's just keep introducing more characters. Yeah, uh, it's just I, like I throwing it and hoping it sticks, right? Like, um, I have only a few more questions if you guys are good with that. Um, this one's a two-parter. So one comes from Rebecca CMC, and then it was replied to by Brennan McClement. First part of Star Wars protagonists always seem to have a sidekick. If you were the main character, who would you like your sidekick to be? And then that is followed up with, um, if you were the sidekick, who would you want to follow? So, so you, you could do it both ways. Um, if I had a sidekick, like, is this any, any character from anything or is, are we, any character from anything? This has been a pretty broad conversation to begin with. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's a good one. Jay, do you got anything? I would, uh, want an R2 unit, uh, because you have, the companionship of a friend and he's also utilitarian so he can open your doors he can you know translate for you um and the other the other way around i would never be anyone's sidekick that's why <laughs> uh i would want like a wookie i think that's a oh, good that, call. that's a good answer actually i'm right, copying would... you again <laughs> <laughs> i would want a wookie sidekick because you know if, if like Chewbacca, for example, he he's got a sense of humor. Like he's passionate, and he's he's uh, what's the word? I'm having a huge brain fart right now. He's dedicated, right? Like, and I feel like if I had a Wookiee sidekick, like we could get into a lot of shenanigans. <laughs> and if you know, I needed anyone's arms ripped off, I just get well. If you, if you were too. just you know, like a normal guy, like if you weren't a Force user, you're just a normal dude. Uh, yeah, no one's gonna mess with you with Chewbacca beside you. Yeah, uh, and then sidekick—I don't know—I would want to be a Wookiee sidekick, I guess. Same thing, shenanigans. So you just want to be Han Solo and Chewie? 
No, not even. Not even like that. Like, you know, I, you know me. I, we were just getting to shenanigans. I'm going to see how many times I can say shenanigans before the end of the show. <laughs> um, For me, uh, if I were a main character, I, I think I'd, I'd kind of lean towards what Jay was saying originally with like an R2 unit. Um, but I also kind of like the companionship that Din had with Grogu. And I think that's a lot of fun um, because he started to understand him and it, it really gives you um, an ele- uh, like a depth element to the relationship. As for being the sidekick, I would want to be Poe Dameron's sidekick. I feel as if that character just was done dirty enough that we didn't get to learn enough about him as a whole. And when they're like teasing, like what happened on those spice runs, I want to be there. I want to figure out what happened. He seemed yeah, like a we're cool supposed guy. To hate, we're supposed to hate him because of those lines now. You know, like he was a well. He, well they're he alluding was such to a the, good guy, and then it's like, oh man, you're that, a bad guy. That he he's basically Han Solo in reverse, right? Where Han and I'm not mm-hmm. talking about Force Awakens. I'm talking about the original trilogy. Han's a scumbag. He's a drug smuggler. And then he becomes a general of the Rebel Alliance and falls in love with Leia, and he's squeaky clean. Poe is like the opposite. He starts off as you know Leia's right hand soldier, and then you kind of by the rise of Skywalker find out that he was a scumbag and a liar and a cheater and all this stuff. Which is too bad. It's just an yeah. Too bad. It's just another topic that uh, Disney will never actually explore. I'd kill for a Poe Dameron series, but they gave him Moon Knight instead, so I'll take it. I'm just uh, glad, you know, Oscar Isaac still has a career. I mean, he's a fantastic actor. Um, I think so many of these people, even Daisy Ridley, I saw her in a few things. Thank God. I mean, despite what you think of Ray, I think Star Wars is great, but a lot of these people, like Jake Lloyd, it destroys them. And I think a lot of that had to do with Jake being a kid. But so many actors, Hayden Christensen retired and became a farmer. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, I can't yeah. deal with this. Who shit. played uh, Rose Tico? Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah, like she got so much hate from her character. That's because people uh, are asshole, right? Right? But that's the thing is like it. I can honestly like I'm a Star Wars fan, as everyone knows, but I can honestly say Star Wars fans are some of the most toxic fans there are. Yeah, it's it's just this ownership people have with Star Wars um, that you know they've spent so much time with it. We all have. We all grew up with it. We all buy the toys, play the games, listen to the music, whatever, watch the movies over and over again. So when someone insults something of Star Wars, you almost take it personally. And I think that's ridiculous. Um, I really lost a lot of respect for fans of pop culture in general. I won't single out Star Wars fans. I'm talking about fans of pop culture in general when they bullied Kelly Marine Tran. She's a character in a movie she's just a fictional character man and they're cyber bullying or telling her to kill herself that is fucking ridiculous yeah it's so unacceptable it made me disgusted it really yeah. did for a long time i just had to stand back i didn't i remember there was this for a few months i didn't read anything about star wars i didn't want to know any news because it was all just oh you know daisy really getting all these hate messages and kelly marie tran is you know crying and she deleted her social media Bunch of fucking bullies, man. It's unacceptable. But Kathleen Kennedy is going to make sure Daisy Ridley returns. Daisy Ridley is very open to a return, and I think they're going to fix some of the problems. I, I'm sorry, David. I know you're not a huge fan of the how overpowered she was, but she is also, I think, uh, she's in the top 10 of Disney princesses already. 
and that that's a feat in itself. She is very identified. I, I like I like Ray. I always liked Ray. I think she's a really cool character. She's really charming. The problem with Ray is that they took mystery to another level and then you threw it in two different directions, right? I liked that she was Ray Ray nobody in Last Jedi and then it's like well, this isn't working, guys. We got to, I don't know, let's bring back uh, the, the Emperor. Now yeah. relate her somewhere. It's just like, it's so, how you can handle Star Wars with such irresponsibility is beyond me. The, the, way, they, the way they ended that trilogy is just ridiculous. Well, and and it's, of... not that I, it's not that I just dislike Ray. I, I also am not a big fan of Daisy Ridley either just i oh, sure. yeah i mean you have your i haven't really liked right her i haven't really like i don't like her acting um i've seen yeah. other movies and stuff like that where she's in it and i just it just always kind of fell flat for me so i think like if i didn't dislike her other works because there's movies where i like the actor and i hate the movie or there's movies where i hate the movie but i really like the actor and i think this is just a mix of i dislike both so i really hate the character yeah 100 <laughs> and, that's, uh, and that's how i don't hate sam jackson but that's how i felt about sam jackson being in star wars was that when you see sam jackson on screen he's sam jackson i think what is it Django unchained i think is one of the only movies i've ever really seen him attempt to do an accent or act in any different way other than himself that's true and that's yeah. nothing against sam jackson he gets hired because he's Sam Jackson because he plays that role. So to see him as uh, a more powerful Jedi than Yoda was laughable to me. And uh, yeah, so it's the same kind of thing for me. Like Sam Jackson, Star Wars is crazy. I think he's lost that moniker because people now it's synonymous that he is Nick Fury. It's not, he's Mace Windu. It's he's Nick Fury. Like there's just way more content out there. And um, I think he's great as Nick Fury. I do. I just think as a, the wise, most powerful Jedi. I mean, I, I really like it when he goes after Palpatine in Revenge of the Sith. That whole scene's great. But the rest of it, like how he's like, like he's just so like, he questions Anakin so much in Phantom Menace. And he's just like almost smart alecky. I always said that you want like a wise, a wise old character to play that role. And I just think Sam Jackson didn't fit that. But and if and if you watch the Clone Wars, Wars, so yeah, if you watch the Clone Wars, it just makes you hate Mace Windu even more. Yeah, yeah, because he has a purple lightsaber. Um, <laughs> I've got yeah. two left here because we've kind of touched on a lot of the other ones um, in our conversation. But uh, John Rummels writes in, "What's Grogu's version of the Mandalorian armor going to look like?" I just hope it has cute little ear holes. That's pretty much it for me. I don't think he's going to get traditional Mandalorian army armor. He got yeah, his chainmail. Right. I think yeah. that's it. I think Rogu's character is always going to be in his uh, his like robe jacket type thing. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think he'll wield the dark saber. Look at the size of the thing. It's like Conan's sword and Conan the Barbarian. Like mm-hmm. it just it wouldn't make sense. I mean, I'm sure he'll he might use it with the Force or something, but I don't think it'll become his weapon. I don't know. It, I mean. I wouldn't rule out him having Yoda's lightsaber with him and he just didn't use it because like, I can see that too. I can yeah. see Luke saying, I respect your decision, but you know, take this cause it's dangerous out there. You know, I know 
I saved what I honestly thought the best question for last could be. Uh, Hales McGales writes in, why doesn't Chewie receive a medal? <laughs> and I am appalled that he still hasn't received one. <laughs> he received Chewie a medal it. in the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. In fact, it's so cringy that scene that, it, yeah, it's one of the worst scenes in Star Wars. You You see him get the medal. Yeah, I I think this is a an OG trilogy question, but yes. I mean, well, I can answer. He's the co-pilot. Yeah, he's a sidekick. He's a co-pilot sidekick. of the craft. He's yeah. there. Um, it's like um, if the Enterprise did something really really great, a uh, Captain Kirk or Admiral Kirk would get all the recognition. His crew's there, Spock's there, McCoy. Everyone's there, but Kirk would be the one who got recognition. Mm-hmm. Right? It was Luke and Han that did everything. Yeah. It, it's kind of like at my work, we're going to be doing renovations in the next year and I'm going to take all the credit for it, even though I've done nothing with the planning. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a manager's life. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So that wraps up our questions that wraps up our Boba Fett uh, season recap and just kind of our star Wars jumble of thought <laughs> as a whole. Um, before we go, Jay, what are you working on for, for our listeners so they know what to, to follow you on? Uh, we just finished uh, airing the Jay and Rob Toy Show Season 2 on Jinx Esports TV on the Super Channel. That just finished. Uh, we wrapped up shooting Season 2 of Action Figure Adventure this past summer, uh, and that will be out hopefully around the same time Mandalorian comes out uh, this year, so probably December-ish. And I'm just working every every day on YouTube stuff and um, working on my own personal YouTube stuff, having a blast, enjoying doing that. Nice. Are you guys still doing, I, I think Action Figure Adventure Season 1 had a Kickstarter or something, right? Or a crowdfunding of sorts? For, uh, we funded it. That. The Kickstarter was for distribution of Blu-rays. So if you wanted a physical version of the show, we would provide that for you. But no, we funded the show ourselves. Um, Nintendo Quest was a Kickstarter. Uh, but Kickstarter is very different now than it was. Now you almost have to have a final product or nobody will back it. It's it's quite a bit different. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a board game, because then you just have to have an idea and a picture. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> and that's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's supposed to be, is that you're, you're going to the masses and saying, hey, here's my idea, help me. But we find with television and film especially, they want to see a polished trailer. Well, you can't do that unless you've gone out and shot stuff, right? So... Um, but there, there will be one for the discs for season two as well. Excellent. So we'll, we'll make sure our listeners get the link when that is up, because um, obviously we like having you here. We like bringing you back and we also really like your content. Uh, you've actually given me a, a real new appreciation for toys. <laughs> I was uh, David oh, and I were great. on one of our famous adventures and I found some old Ghostbusters toys and I was like, Oh shit. Trying nope. my hardest not to buy them. And then I saw the price and I almost gave you sent you a message being like, Hey man, can you call me and like insult with me on what this is worth? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's stuff from your childhood and uh, there's a lot of good, Memories tied to toys, right? Which is another reason why we love them. Same with old video games, right? You're tied to Mario and all that stuff. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a fantastic hobby to get into. Uh, you don't have to go crazy with it. But, uh, yeah, I think you should definitely indulge those urges. 
um, I have one one question for you, Jay. Um, have you purchased any more large um, Star Wars memorabilia from like Showcase or whatever oh that I should buy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, like the Grogu? Oh my God, yeah. Did you buy that? I Five sure did. Like, that. All sick, man. That the thing's I, It is so freaking wicked. amazing. Um, it is so cool. Uh, no, no. Um, I'm uh, hobby budget wise. I've focused more on vintage stuff right now. Um, the statues and stuff are great, and the props are great. But my house is filled with them. Um, so I, I kind of, you know, aside from maybe like having Mark Hamill come over and just stand in the corner forever. Like, I don't really know what else I can go for. <laughs> when are you getting your like size or life size Luke? Cause he would look really good beside your Jar Jar. Yeah. I, I almost bought uh, a, not a screen used replica, but a prop replica of the return of the Jedi outfit. And I was just going to put it on a mannequin. Cause I just love, love that costume so much, but I, I might do that still. might do that. Still. I have uh, started printing my own, battle droid life-size battle droid so wicked man i know a couple people have done that you can make r2 units with 3d printing printing yeah so i'm i'm actually looking at buying um a large format 3d printer so that i could print an r2 dome in its entirety without having to worry about dude you can you can keep you can keep going you can do the whole thing i know someone who has i think it's an r5 r5d4 that they made just out of 3d printing that's crazy to yeah. me because like five years ago it was all steel right it was yeah. actually and it would cost like tens of thousands of dollars to make one now you can do it for a fraction of that and it looks just as accurate yeah my first droid that i'm planning on actually printing other than uh like before the full-size battle droid is a bd unit because they're a little smaller and easier to to put that's together great. but if i yeah. could pick one i would want uh honestly besides r2 of course i would want a gonk droid no, 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 not a gunk droid. Sorry, a mouse droid. A mouse, mouse droid. droid. Those are always my favorite. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let, let's talk after the show, and maybe I can uh, get something made for you. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Speaking of the end of the show, I think this is where we've got to cut it solely because this is one of the longest shows we've ever done that is not uh, E3 related. Jay, thank you so much for coming on as always, and I, I can't wait to have you on after um, hopefully a good Obi-Wan experience sometime in the summer. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm hopeful. I want to thank you two gentlemen. I always have a blast coming on here, um, even though it's uh, what time is it? Six o'clock where you live there in California. Jokes. <laughs> 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 Seriously, though, guys, thanks for having me. I'll be on any time. I appreciate it. Uh, no worries and jay thank you for coming on guys uh if you like what you're listening to subscribe bump it on uh spotify itunes you know where to find us we love you as always thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the scene on screen podcast